This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Welcome to the Homeschooling with Technology show. Your host, Meryl Vandermerva, loves using technology to streamline her life and to make lessons more engaging. She is a graduated homeschool mom and teaches homeschoolers at her local co-op classes and online at fundafundaacademy.com. Whether you are tech-challenged or someone who loves technology, this show is for you. And here's your host, Meryl Vandermerva. Hello, and welcome to the Homeschooling with Technology podcast. This is your host, Meryl Vandermerva, and today in episode 144, we're going to be looking at non-tech skills students learn from coding. But before we get into the topic, I just want to go over again the special offer we have during August 2021. This is an offer from show sponsor, Funder Funder Academy. Anybody who shares Uh, about this podcast with their friends can earn a free unit study usually worth $20 from Funder Funder Academy. So let me just go and explain this in a little more detail. First of all, what can you win? Well, Funder Funder Academy has web-based unit studies that are designed to last about a month and they have quite a variety of topics. You can find them on fundafundacademy.com or you can go to the show notes page for this podcast. Our show notes are at homeschoolingwithtechnology.com, episode 144, and you can find the link there. So that will show you the different options you have to get. And this isn't just one person's going to win it. Everybody who shares about the podcast can select one. So what do you have to do to be eligible? Well, All you need to do is to share about the podcast. You can do this by going on to the podcast player that you use and give us a rating and a review because this boosts it um, in those rankings and shows it to more people. So that's one thing you can do. You could post it on Facebook. You could post it in a forum that you're in. You could post about it on Instagram. Whatever you do, and there might be other things you can think of as well, Whatever you do, take a picture of it and just snap on with your phone, take a screenshot, whatever works, and then email me at Meryl, M-E-R-Y-L, at FundaFunda, F-U-N-D-A, F-U-N-D-A dot com. And I'll put this also in the show notes. Uh, Just email me, show me the proof, and tell me which of the unit studies you would like. And it'll be coming to you within an hour or two usually because I check my emails fairly frequently. Okay, let's get back now to the topic for today. So during the summer, I uh, interviewed eight different techie teens, and a number of them actually used coding in some way or other as part of the technology that they were into, whether it was um, game creation, which was just a very low-key kind of coding, to actual app coding, um, and various other things that some of the students were doing. But today I want to learn, I want to speak about not just the actual tech skills. Obviously, you learn to actually code when you're coding and you use that. But I want to look at some of the other skills beyond the obvious. And just to sort of want to compare this to writing and math, which are both seen as being essential skills. Not everybody who learns to write is an author. Not everybody who learns to do math becomes a mathematician. These, however, are skills that you need for general life because you end up just reading things, you end up um, needing to calculate 
distances that you still have to travel, how much something might cost in a store, whatever, doing your budgeting. And even though you may use math tools, you may use a calculator, the general concept of how one does math is important. And it's the same thing that there is a lot about coding that is going to become more and more important in day-to-day -day life as our lives actually, there's just so much that we do that is actually sort of coding based and will become more and more like this in the future. But even beyond that, just as in learning how to write teaches you communication skills, so does coding teach you many things beyond just learning how to code. So I want to unpack some of these things. So the first and obvious thing is coding teaches critical thinking. When you have to code, you've got to stop and think what exactly, think about what you're trying to achieve and think to yourself, now how am I going to do this? And sometimes there isn't an obvious answer. I know as as a programmer in my past, back in the day when um, I was living in South Africa, and there wasn't an internet that I could go and look look at for ideas, and I didn't know anybody who was actually coding at all, and, and I was busy writing a product that was going to market, and I needed to figure out a way of um, letting people type in a password, but the password you couldn't actually see what you were typing in, if that makes sense. Okay, so you know how you type your password and you can't see what you're doing? And this was now years ago. I only had one child at that point, and now they were all left home. And so I was trying to figure out how do you let someone type in their password and not actually show that password on the screen? You use that every day, and you probably don't even think about it. But when you're coding it, it's something else. And it took, I must say, a lot of critical thinking on my part to try and work out how I could do it. I still, to this day, don't know what most people do. I've never had to code that into another program. But I just eventually, as the person was literally typing in, so if you type in the first letter, I immediately, straight after that, on the screen, put an asterisk. So, and it goes so fast that it looked like as you're typing, the asterisk is coming. Actually, if you slowed it all down, you could actually see what the person was typing. I just did it really fast. That was the critical thinking I remember, and it really, it really racked my brain for a while until I came up with a plan. I'm sure there are many different ways of doing things, and that's often the case in coding. There isn't just one way to solve it, and it just does take thinking and perhaps talking it over with somebody else to come up with a solution. Obviously, there's also logic. Computer programming is very logical. You tell the computer what to do and it does it. When things don't work out, you go through step-by-step -step logically and follow your own programming uh, logic and see where you went wrong. See where you perhaps had a greater than sign where it should be less than or perhaps you needed to have a greater than and equal to or whatever it is. But it forces you to stop and think through things in a disciplined, logical fashion. And obviously this is going to be something that's very useful in many jobs to be able to sit and plan something out logically, have use logic and not just uh, do things in a random fashion. Problem solving, something else that's that you can imagine is going to come up. Because even when you've now come up with a great idea, you've done your critical thinking, you've got a really, what do you think, logical program, you run it, it doesn't work. Now you have to solve your problem, you have to debug it. And Again here, you may suddenly realize, oh, I was assuming that, I can't assume that, or whatever. You have to kind of figure out what's going wrong. Often you have to work out what the problem even is, and then you've got to come up with a way to solve it. 
you can imagine why companies want somebody who can code, somebody who can actually solve problems. Because you might not be solving a coding problem, it may be an entirely different problem, but it's the same sort of idea patterns that you're going to be using to solve any problem, not just a coding one. Project planning. When you have to, when you say decide to, to write a game, so you want to make a um, simple maybe chase a, chase a person around the screen game, whatever it is, and see how many times, how long it takes you to catch them five times. You have to stop and break that down. You've got to plan it out. You, if you just start to code, it's very, you very soon going to get yourself into trouble because you haven't thought of everything. You really need to think through what exactly I'm doing. And as you work through it, um, you, you break it into chunks, into smaller tasks, and then you code each piece. Now, um, Fund of Fund Academy, a show sponsor, I uh, run their coding classes. And that is one of the things I do insist as the kids get further into, into the actual coding that they plan before they just start to code so that they actually have a plan that they're working off of. And that way they fall this likely to just um, spiral out of control. And if you think about it, you need project planning even when you're writing an essay. That idea of planning is super important. Perseverance. Programming is hard. And for somebody who's never done it, it's going to be a little bit of a shock to the system. I've noticed that in our online Python class, which is Python is a real coding language. Scratch, which is the other one we teach, is drag and drop. And it's much easy, much more easily accessible to anybody. But Python is one that's actually used uh, in, in the business world. And it's often around about week five that I see the students drop out because the going gets a little tougher. It's starts to require them to really be thinking using critical thinking and they're going to be hitting problems with their logic they're going to have to go back and go over it and they just drop out if they persevere through the, that week they will generally keep on going and finish the whole class but if they're not used to pushing through something then this just seems insurmountable and here, you know, a lot of the idea of growth mindset comes in and you modeling that for your kids. When you, If they've been watching you struggle with something, do they see you give up or do they see you keep going? And uh, this is why, you know, I think we really, as parents, we need to learn to persevere and to teach our children to persevere. Come alongside them, offer encouragement. And obviously, if they're taking our classes, they don't just have to be persevering in a vacuum because I know how hard that was and so that's one of the reasons why we actually in our classrooms we actually have teaching assistants and obviously I'm there too who will come alongside so when a student really is getting st stuck they can reach out and say I just don't know where I'm going wrong please help and we do but it teaches kids to hang in there because we won't just tell them the answer either we will go back and say okay try again and uh, we'll point them in the right direction and i had that just recently in fact in a student who got stuck um, in scratch and she came back and she said she didn't know how to do something and i told her to take 30 minutes and just to try her best and whatever was her best even if it was a complete failure to send it to me and then i would help her figure out how to fix it and 30 minutes, well, a little bit later, she came back to me and she said, I did it. She solved it herself. And that feeling that she got, the fact that she persevered and she solved it, she was so excited that she'd actually figured out and she made it work. Attention to detail. 
you have to be focused on detail when you're coding. The words you use matter. <laughs> the syntax, the variable names, if you have a variable name that is just slightly different from one, one um, line of code to another, the computer will see it as something different. So a variable name is your placeholder, very similar to variables in math. So say you have one that's called names. And so you're saying, you take the play, you ask a person, what's your name? If the person says Meryl. So you say you store whatever they've put into that placeholder names. Then the next time around, you could say, print hello name on the screen. So whatever the person's typed in, stored in names, will be printed on the screen. Except for if I've said hello, um, print hello name instead of hello names, well, there's nothing sitting in name. The name Meryl is sitting in names. And so it will throw up and say, hold on, you've not used that before. I don't know what you're talking about. And we'll throw out an error. So it's just little things like that. You have to be able to look back, be careful, see that you've done it correctly or it won't work. And you can imagine how useful this is going to be in the rest of life to learn to actually focus on each detail, even just taking multiple choice tests and learning how to actually look at every word, not to miss it where it says not. You know, it's like which one is not correct and your kid misses that. Programming is going to teach you to pay attention. It's then also actually teaches creativity. And this is something that people sometimes miss is that being able to code means you can create things. And it is very exciting when something that you have just written a line of code for comes into to becoming a game or a online utility or a website or whatever it is. That feeling is just amazing. Uh, just recently again, that same girl who has told you had, e had emailed me and she got stuck, she just created an Etch-a-Sketch program in Scratch and it was beautiful. And it's the kind of thing that somebody would really enjoy playing with. And I know that she was really excited when she created it and that feeling of, look, I've made this. I've, I've created a piece, um, an a, a interactive game, if you want to call it that way. And it was, it was, she did it really nicely. It, it looked beautiful too. So, you know, your kids will be able to create games, create different things as they learn. And, and Scratch is very easy to learn to program quickly, which makes it um, a great one to start with. And then this isn't really a skill, but it is something they're going to learn, and that's humility. If they think they're really smart and good at things, programming will, will show you uh, how much you don't know and will show you how much you can struggle. So I, even when I am creating the classes and I'm wanting to show the kids how something works, I will be recording and typing in because I do screencasting and I show them what I'm doing and I'm talking it over and then I hit run and it doesn't work. <laughs> so even all these years later and I did work as a programmer, I will still realize I'm still not perfect at this and so I'll have to go back and fix it and quite often I will actually leave my errors in when I'm when I'm recording because I want the students to see that I still make mistakes and let, let them realize it's okay to make mistakes you just go back and you fix them but it, it is it is a, a humbling thing to code and to realize all the errors that you can make as you do it. Now uh, just to finish up uh, I just want to 
remind you again that Funder Funder Academy, our show sponsor, does offer coding classes. We have a couple of different options. We have an intro to game programming, which is very simple. In fact, we even have a free one. The free one doesn't have any help. So if you get stuck, you get stuck. But it just introduces kids to um, programming logic, um, graphics, game design, and then they just do a little bit of scratch. So the paid one, you get help if you get stuck and also ability to win some prizes. Um, the free one is just free, but you can go and try that out as well. And then we have five-week Scratch and Python classes. So if you're not sure your kid's going to actually stick at it throughout the whole year, don't buy a or whole semester, don't buy a full semester class. You can just get a five-week one because there are three five-week ones which equal the whole semester. So you can do it either way. You can either do it in five-week chunks or the full semester. And then we have full semester classes. But both the five-week and the full semester ones have help. So your child will never be completely stuck. That We will push them to go back and try for themselves. But this is a way for your kid to learn to code. And if they decide, well, I've learned, I've got some ideas, I've learned some skills from it, I actually don't want to be a programmer, that is fine. The world doesn't need millions and millions of programmers. But many jobs out there are going to benefit from kids having these actual skills. And you will see that being able to, for a child who can say, I learned to program, I can code, it will give them an edge over somebody else applying for a job that doesn't have those skills just because of everything they have learned. So I hope that this has been helpful to you. Um, reminder again, you can go and find um, the links to everything I've mentioned at homeschoolingwithtechnology.com. Remind you again that if you share this podcast during the month of August, you can get a free unit study and one of them is the game programming one, so you could get that one free. Also to remind you that we do have a Facebook group called the Homeschooling with Technology Community and you can come on there, ask questions, um, get reminders about the next episode and from time to time when I find cool tech stuff, I post it in there too. That's all from me today and I will see you again same time, same place next week. Thanks for tuning in to Homeschooling with Technology with Meryl Vandermerva. Visit her at fundafundaacademy.com and homeschoolingwithtechnology.com. Homeschooling with Technology is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.